Welcome back to Yeg Sports. This week's episode is sponsored by Cantaloupe. Um, I just felt like saying that. Welcome back to Yeg Sports. Um, it's it's been a little bit. Um, it's it's been quite a bit actually. We're, we're um, back. Before we begin, though, I do Yay. want to sincere. Yay, we're back. Um, I just want to sincerely hold a two second long funeral service for my Connor Hellebuck hockey card from the Tim Hortons 2020 set base card. It may or may not have been torn in half. Don't you have um, like six Delory, of them? I have four exact cards. So, so we're yeah, good. I, yeah, I, I may have ripped one of them in half and then immediately disposed of the garbage. You know what? Um, you know what? You know what? No. Hmm. No. Connor Hellebuck hockey card does not get it. Fuck Connor Hellebuck, man. <laughs> screw that guy. Screw the Jets. Just screw everybody. Just, oh, <laughs> man. You can yeah, tell this is likely you, an Oilers themed episode. You a can bit, tell right? I'm handling the the loss well, right? Is yeah, not I mean, at I don't all you guys through me. Twitter, but Ethan's into a fit of depression was just sad for like for the last week. several days. I just we're the Leafs now, <laughs> just like that. We're the Leafs. Yeah, and the Leafs are going to beat the Habs probably. So they're probably not. They're probably going to choke it. But we're the fucking Leafs now. That's it. That's they had a chance to change the narrative, to control your own destiny. We had a chance to prevent the narrative from starting. It would have been a different narrative. Yep. There's always a totally different one. Right. If there's one thing I've learned from spending my whole life as an Edmonton sports fan, there's always a fucking narrative. And 80% of the time, it's dumb. Yeah, I agree. But the narrative has been written. The Oilers can't get it done in the playoffs. And on top of that, it's not just they got swept. It's not just that they lost to an inferior team. It's that they blew leads in the last two games. They blew a three-goal lead in game three. Like, this, the narrative is now that this is a team that can't get it done in crunch time. And now the only thing... You can do to change that narrative. We've seen this. The only way that the narrative changes is if you win the whole damn thing. Yep. If you win the Stanley Cup. Literally, Alex Ovechkin's no entire career, he was a guy who couldn't get it done in the playoffs, could not perform under pressure, did not change until he won a Stanley Cup. Oh, thanks. So there it is, guys. There's no more... Like, there's no more, yay, we made it into the playoffs. There's no more, yay, we won a series. Yeah, that's, not that's gone. Anything, if, we, if we would have won this series and then lost in round two, then we would have had, we won this series. Yeah, be, be, but because of the fashion in which we lost, now nothing will satisfy anyone other than absolute victory. That's just how it goes now. We're stuck like, there now. 2006, to 2006, the team's one win away from a Stanley Cup final, or from a Stanley Cup win. That yeah, was yeah. viewed as a success. That is no longer a success for this team. No. They've been – they haven't even been good for that and that's long. Not, but they've that's been, not even totally fair. But Ryan, they not- just got swept by the Jets. I think it's fair. <laughs> the now, one- I – I am sounding like a bit of, you know, Mr. Depresso over here, which I am, but I do want to give credit where credit's due. And that is 
there are like I want I want to get into like whenever you lose a series like this, people are gonna call for heads, right? People want someone to blame. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about that. But before we talk about who we should blame for the result that happened, we should give credit to the two people who made the four nothing sweep happen. Number one is Connor Hellebuck, and number two is the hockey gods. That's it. No one else deserves any credit. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I've been racking my brain about this for the last week. I've never seen the better team, not just the better team on paper, but the team that played better lose four games in a row. Can I bring up the like advanced stats on on that point? You can. I I have them here. Like the Oilers were the better team. And like not not like just had a slight edge. Like they were obviously the better. You don't even have to look at the numbers. Just watching the way they yeah. played, the way they controlled possession, the amount of shots they were getting. The Edmonton Oilers were the better team for eleven of twelve periods and lost all four games. There's more than twelve periods, but yeah, was exactly it? your point. Overtimes, well, bro. Right. Sorry, there's a bazillion <laughs> overtimes, but. <laughs> yeah read the stats okay so i have two different editions of the stats one of them is one of them is simulation like did the the winnow meter the other one is expected goals for so well, okay the- a- a- everyone's seen the deserve to win a meters it's become a meme in oilers twitter yeah but listen Ethan, listen to these numbers for this is for oilers win probability 80.1 57.5 Looking at Jay Fresh's expected goals for percentages. Game one, 68 to 32 win. Game two, 50-50 split. Game two is even, according to this model. Game three, 59-41 win. Game four, 56-44 win. So basically, this sweep could have been a sweep, but the other way. Literally. And it probably should have been. Like, this is the most, like, even going beyond just the Oilers, this has got to be one of the, just the most, like, the biggest anomaly in NHL playoff history. It has to be up there. Like, yeah. Like, I'm, well, this is this is far from the first time that a goaltender has stolen the series. Yeah. But, like... It's way beyond that. Yeah. Like, I. The thing is, like, if Dev, if if modern day Devin Dubnik was in that instead of Connor Hellebuck, this is an embarrassing Oilers sweep. Then it is twelve periods. Yeah. If if who's like the third best goalie this year? Mark Andre Fleury. If Fleury's in that instead of Hellebuck, this goes to seven. You know. Yeah, but it's it's not even like Connor Hellebuck played really well, but yeah. this this is the other thing about this series. There seems to be some disparity in like eye test versus analytics because I can't remember a single like highlight reel save that Connor Hellebuck made this series. Like he Me made either. 
he made some good saves that <laughs> saved some goals, but like I I doubt that any of them are going to be on like the top 100 plays do. of the season. So no, it's not it, at all, and it's crazy. And that's the other thing. Like he was just I, solid. The other thing is, I I hesitate to say that the Oilers got out goalied because Mike Smith was incredible as well. Mike Smith was lights out. He was much better than he was in the regular season, and he was pretty damn good in the regular season. Dude, all four games were one-goal games. Three of them went to literal overtime. And that's one of them o- went to three overtimes. Yeah, that's crapshoot shit. That, like, okay, the one thing, before we get too far into Doomstown, I do want to point out this thing from Sportsnet Stats. McDavid, the fourth player to win the Art Ross and get swept in the first round. Fourth player to do that. Who the, the other, other three? three? The other three were Max Bentley, Chicago, 1946. Bobby Hull, Chicago, 1960. So Chicago twice. Ah. And then Kucherov, Tampa Bay, 2019. Guess all three of those teams, or all three of those guys, won the Stanley Cup one to two years later. So there's that. There is that. And we'll 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 get to the future in the future. Yeah. Perhaps today, <sighs> perhaps weeks from now, but I think I think my thoughts on this series can be boiled down to the Oilers were clearly the better team and deserved to win in all four games. They deserve to win at least. But three that being seven. said, if all of the right decisions were made which they weren't, they would have been in an even better spot. And then I, yeah. th- I think that that's when we can get into some of the, the blame game, if you will. Like, the Oilers could have given themselves an even better shot to win. And... Yeah, we could have... Maybe it leads to us increasing our goals for from 60 to 70 and we still lose. But it's a better chance. Yeah. Like, he's a game of chance. This is the thing about, like, analytics is... You know, who was, was it Janmark that got the hat trick for Vegas? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Analytically, Matthias Janmark can't score a goal to save his life. Yeah. He's just, he's not an offensive player. That's what the analytics tell you. The analytics are not saying that Janmark has a 0% chance of like, if Janmark scores a hat trick, like he did, that doesn't mean that the Mm -hmm. analytics were wrong. Yeah. It just means in the most likely scenarios, Janmark doesn't score. Yeah. And Minnesota goes on to round two. Yeah, it, it's the same thing. Also, while we're on that series, Cam Flippin' Talbot, good for him. We should yeah. never let that guy go. Congrats, guy. We, I mean, we, 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 we get Hall versus Everly round two, but I want to see Talbot in round two more than anyone. So. Fuck, t- like, oh, man, I'm so torn because, like, I like Jordan Everly way more than I like Taylor Hall, but also the Bruins are my adopted team, so. Yeah. <sighs> I, I haven't adopted a team yet. I haven't. I really haven't yet. I haven't hey, Bru- Bruins, I still have them winning the cup. They're, that's the bandwagon. I was going to pick Minnesota or Nashville, wow. but they're dead. I Florida was my adopted team. As soon as he was wrote, I was on Florida. Whoever I cheer for keeps losing, so. Here, I hear by the curse of a Leafs fan. Hey, 
Ryan Mackney, Leafs fan, 2021. There it is. I was waiting for Brad to take that out of context, make it into an audio clip, snip it, and post to Twitter and make fun of me for Hi, Brad. Thanks for all your love and support. So, like, the analytics aren't saying that. Okay, the Jets win doesn't make the analytics wrong. The Oilers were still clearly the better team. Yeah. The analytics is what should have happened. Yeah. It's what was most likely. Exactly. So I unbelievable. Before before we kind of like dig a little deeper into the series as a whole, we gotta talk about game three because we game three, otherwise known as the reason we didn't post an episode last week because we were too fucking depressed. <laughs> yeah. Game that one. I've never okay. When the Oilers get eliminated from the playoffs. I usually end up crying. Not ashamed to admit it. Yeah, that's normal. I've never cried after an Oilers loss that wasn't an elimination game until game three. Game three was a heartbreaker, bro. It was because as soon as that game was over, you knew the Oilers were done. You knew in your heart. Like, if it was... If they lost game three, you know, if it if it was a two to one game, like it was one one the whole time, and then Winnipeg just scored in overtime. Yeah. I'm a pretty optimistic fan. I would have been like, you know what? Wouldn't be the first time a team's reverse swept. Yeah. After game three, no. I just we I needed was in a game de- two win, man. So bad. I was in denial about it for a little bit, but in my heart, I knew there's no chance they come you back. You bet money on the Oilers to win the series after game three ended. Because I've been wrong about stuff before. That was yeah. a what-if bet. Hey, exactly. What that, was, that was if I was wrong about the which, you know this, usually I'm wrong about the Oilers. Yeah. So that was if they were <laughs> wrong again. Which you're a pretty I optimistic guy, so it's unfortunate you're usually wrong. The Oilers just have a knack of... If you were usually right, we'd have a fucking cup by now. We'd have a few cups. I... (laughs) Yeah. What happened, I guess is my question, in game three? Just... I don't even know. I literally don't even... Okay, well, I mean, Dave Tippett didn't call a timeout because there was a TV timeout coming, and then Morrissey scored before the TV timeout. But, like, I don't even know. Like, why would you even need that? Why was it slipping away? What happened? I guess there was, okay, if you want to look, like, very literally, like, the, the, the game flow, what changed the game flow was the power play. That it was the Archibald was penalty, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Was the Archibald, that, that's, what, that's what turned the tide. I am not blaming Archibald. I, there was worse things committed. I'm, but, I'm, I'm glad yeah. you brought up the the Archibald penalty because I have not had an opportunity in a public forum such as a podcast to give my thoughts on the Archibald penalty because the penalties and the officiating are one of a thousand different subplots in this series. Yeah. Do you mind if I briefly start? Just br- go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Archibald clipping. It's a clipping penalty. Um. Yeah. That's a penalty. That's that's dirty. 
I, I will take into account the fact that Logan Stanley is eight inches taller and taking into consideration height differences, that's just a normal hip check. But ignoring that, he knew who he was hitting. He, you know your own height. That is a dirty call. That is penalizable. The fact, what bothers me is that it then got suspended and then the same thing was done to McDavid by Dylan DeMello. That was worse. That was worse. That was a straight knee on knee. Maybe it looked because of the high speed, but I don't really give a shit. That needs to be, that needs to be treated equal to the Archibald clip. That needs to be suspended. Was it penalized? No. Did the Oilers really need a power play to win that game? Yes. Did Winnipeg then get a penalty when okay, for all over? Like I understand not calling penalties in overtime. I get it. Gaetan Haas gets penalized for puck over the glass. That's what broke the penaltyless streak. And I'm sure we'll. I don't mean. I don't want to complain about officiating. I'm so exhausted. But yeah, I will. My, my thoughts on yeah, go for it. But yeah, my thoughts on Archibald. That was. I don't like how it was handled by officiating or the league, but yeah, what happened? I wish Archibald did something else. That being said, I don't blame I wish, him for the loss. I wish Archibald would have gotten his money's worth and do something that was actually yeah, worth I, If Archibald's going to get penalty penalized and suspended and we're going to lose the game, like if those three things, if losing that game and Archibald's suspension are written in stone, I wish he would have, Probably like I don't know, poked him right up the nose. I don't. It's a hockey stick. Take an arm or something. Yeah, honestly, like literally, money's worth, man. So, (sighs) Oilers fans, lay the fuck off of Josh Archibald, okay? Before that play, he was the hero. He was the best player in the series. Everyone was loving him. People were saying he's the new Zach Cat. He's this year's Zach Cassian, right? Yeah. He's the guy. He's the you know fourth line guy. He's small, so people automatically love him, which is a weird thing that Oilers fans do. And mm-hmm. as soon as he took that penalty, they're blaming him for the entire game and the entire series. Holy and then I saw, hell, Oilers I saw fans a reply bipolar. to the suspension tweet by NHL player safety. The Oilers just got 10% better. What? Shut up. Shut up, bro. Like, are you watching the games? He was, he was like the hit on Stanley, the clip on Stanley was one of many hits that he threw in that game that helped turn the tide in the Oilers' favor. It just went the other way this time. Yeah. <laughs> that one just happened to not be as clean as all the other ones. So the hit itself. In a regular season, Ethan, that's a penalty. Yes. Yep. In a tied playoff, okay, it wasn't a tied playoff game. The others were up by three. But in a in, in, in an important game three, and that that I know that that game three wasn't an elimination game, but come on, it was. Let's be real. You're not reverse sweeps don't happen. You are not going to reverse sweep. Not going to happen. So although this series was the most lucky, I think the series would have been the least impressive reverse sweep ever if it did happen. Um, but yeah, like I, is that still a penalty in the playoffs? I given, think it still is. Given what, still N- is. given what NHL refs have called in the last month, not a fucking chance. Okay. That's the thing. Like it's consistency. It's relative. It's a low hanging fruit, but Josh Archibald gets a game for that. Tom Wilson gets fined for fucking trying to kill a guy. 
And Kadri gets eight games for what's barely worse than what Tom Wilson did. Yeah, literally. Anyway. But they're bo- also, is Archibald ever a repeat offender? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. He is now. Yeah, hey. <laughs> the thing, this is my big thing about the Archibald hit. It never should have fucking happened. The play should have been called Thank you. Because Thank 30 you. seconds earlier, Josh Archibald just got slashed on the goddamn hands right in front of the ref. And there's no call. Okay. Yeah. You want to prevent dirty hits like that from happening? Call the initial infraction. That's like day one of ref school. Which you've attended, call, haven't you? Call the first penalty. I don't care how many penalties you give out, but the yeah. guy that started it gets if you want to if you want to penalize both. Do you want to penalize both? The sure. guy that started it, his team has to kill a penalty. That's like rule number one. Well, yeah. rule, number, rule number one is call the fucking rule book, but rule <laughs> number like 1A is call the first one. Yeah. Okay. And, and I also want to bring up the fact that hang on, officials hang on, let me finish, let me often finish. penalize retaliatory things, do they not? I, yes, all the time. Yes. But the reason that retaliatory things happen because of ref, ref incompetence in the first place. Am I wrong? Nice. Which is a good segue into my next point, which was Josh Archibald, Zach Cassian, Connor McDavid, me. Anyone in that situation, anyone in that situation who gets slashed like that with no call, Josh Archibald did what every hockey player is taught to do, which is if there's no call, you got to stand up for yourself. Okay. Hockey has the code, right? Which is stupid. But it's it's it is what it is. It's there. Any hockey player in the NHL, KHL, minor hockey, ninety-five plus beer league, whatever, <laughs> is making plus. that hit. Yeah. Every single one of them. Okay. Yeah. So to get mad at Josh Archibald for doing something that a should have never happened on their the damn place, couches wanted to do. Like, literally, you can't tell me you watched that, weren't screaming at your TV for a call, and then when Archibald hit the guy, you're like, yeah, Archie, way to get a piece, right? And then when you took the penalty, you're like, oh, okay. And then it wasn't until the overtime goal four hours later that you got mad about it. You're not, oh, okay. You're pissed because you're saying, what about the slash? You're not pissed at Archibald, though. That's what I was saying. You're pissed at the refs. Yeah, exactly. But you're not pissed yeah. at Archibald until we lose that game two hours later. It, you are, if you're an Oilers fan watching that game, that was your reaction. If it wasn't, then you're not an Oilers fan. I'm sorry. That's just, that's what everyone was saying. And now people are getting pissed at them. For what? You want to get pissed at somebody? Get pissed at the refs. Get pissed at the Oilers for not killing a goddamn penalty. Yeah. So I just, like this time, we at least we didn't have like a goalie interference thing happening. <laughs> no, we had a fucking puck over the glass, which is worse. Which didn't lead to the goal directly, but it did lead to, it did it did lead to like the goal was before all the penalty clips were off the ice. So yeah. like it was related. What what's it was it Carolina Asheville? They had the goalie interference. Goalie interference was a. Uh, I think it was that one, but there was also a goal interference call in Vegas, Minnesota. And it was like, went, 
it it was way less than fucking what Ryan Kessler did, but they still waved it off. Yeah, because it was against Talbot. There, it was an even up call four years later. That was the joke. Oh, you got to even it up to the team, not Cam Talbot. Ah. <laughs> yeah, basically. So you know what? F- fuck it. While we're on the subject of refing. Connor McDavid did not draw a single penalty in those four games. You can't look at that and tell me that refing in this game isn't broken. That is the number one sign that something is wrong is that Connor McDavid. And it's not just, Oh, Connor McDavid's fast. You know, he's a really good player. Like watch the games. What? Watch him be fucking pinned along the boards when he never touched the puck. Like how many times did that happen in this series? A lot. So, like, literally, it's become so much of a pattern that I don't have any other explanation than the NHL is punishing the Oilers for something. Yeah. I'm trying my best not to be conspiracy theory guy, but come fucking on. (laughs) I don't know if it's the Oilers or if it's just McDavid or maybe it's, like, skill players in general. Right, because someone I I wish I knew who tweeted this. I just glanced at it. The top ten point scorers in the regular season this year. I think the highest that one of them finished in penalties drawn was thirtieth. That was Mc yeah, it was McDavid at like twenty nine thirtieth. I think yeah. So it might be Colin Campbell because he's the guy in charge of this. Straight up saying we want to punish skill because why he because in his NHL career he was the opposite of a skill player. He was a defenseman who made his checks on clutching and grabbing and holding and hooking and tripping and that's like that's the only explanation I can think of. It's gone beyond incompetence or just pure fluke. Yeah, because McDavid's been dealing with this shit his whole career. I I think there was one time in like 2014 when someone called Sidney Crosby a whiner, and I agreed. I don't agree anymore. Star players get they don't get it fair. No, they never have. And until you have one of them, you don't really understand. And and this is the. the... Also, you you had earlier McDavid. The top 10 like leading scorers, McDavid has drawn the most penalties, and it's still not nearly enough. Like, I feel bad for like the other skill players, Panarin, McKinnon, like Panarin, who's lucky to be alive right now. Yeah, Panarin out here drawing. Actually, I was saying he's drawing a five thousand dollar fine, but that wasn't even him. No, that was Booch. Yeah, unbelievable. So, I like there's I there, there's no other explanation. It's it's the way that they're instructed to call games and they're punishing. You know, it's probably not just the Oilers. I'm not saying that's impossible, but it's unlikely. <laughs> but I think it's I mean Oilers best NHL's, player, best power play, it unintentionally affects the Oilers the most. Yeah. So I'm looking at NHL.com stats. The player 
that is leading the league in penalties drawn per 60 minutes of ice time, who has played at least 40 games this season. You ready for this? You're going to be pissed. Brendan Lemieux. That goon, man. Ryan Lomberg is second. Zach McEwen is third. Brady Brady Kachuk. William Carrier. Connor Garland. Trent Frederick. Brendan Smith. Tom Wilson. Nazem Kadri. Okay, aside from like Wilson, Kadri, Garland, and Kachuk, those are all third, fourth line goon bums. Okay, that list is entirely either goon slash enforcers or yeah. grinders. They're okay. either good goons or shitty goons. The all only, of them. Like the only quote unquote skill players on that list Connor Garland. Connor Garland and Brady Kachuk. Brady Kachuk. Brady Kachuk is also a goon. He's yeah. just good, right? Yeah. Like he also is a physical agitator. But he's also right? just good at hockey. Yeah, unlike the other guys on the list. Well, and Connor Garland. Yeah. And as much as I hate to admit it, Tom Wilson is a very good hockey player. He is, yeah. So is Kadri, honestly. What the fuck, guys? What are we doing here? <laughs> like... Why are these guys who are taking right. penalties drawing penalties? We're not... Or? This isn't a ref episode again. This is a Oilers episode. I just... I'm finding it hard, like, because, you know, my thing is don't blame the refs for a loss, right? Yeah, which we're not. The Oilers are getting seriously handicapped. And it's getting worse. I, I think it's getting worse. Because there's no fans to boo the refs. That's my theory. But, like, and, and this this isn't a new thing. This, like, I I remember this very vividly. 2017, game six. That big, you know, kerfuffle at the end where it was as close to being a line brawl without actually being a line brawl. Yeah. And Corey Perry gets up on Patrick Maroon and starts cross-checking him in the back of the head. And Patrick Maroon gets a 10-minute misconduct. Huh? And then the Oilers got scored on three times in that penalty kill. Like, I, I just, I... Maybe it's not getting worse. Maybe it's just like building up. And that's why it seems like it's getting worse. Perhaps. But I also feel like like that. I don't even remember which game this was, but that image of Connor McDavid literally just being held up on the wall while the puck's 20 feet away from him. Yeah. That in it, image itself is bad. But also, he never touched the puck on that play. So that, like, the video makes it even worse. <laughs> and then the guy, who was it that need him? I just, I don't remember. DeMello. DeMello. Yeah. God damn DeMello. <sighs> See, this part especially frustrates me. And th- this is a media thing. Notice how the media on the Archibald hit calling that, you know, a stupid penalty. A, like, not many people called it dirty but it was stupid, undisciplined, you know. Uncalled for, not necessary. Yeah, bad penalty by Archibald. Yeah. Do you hear what Louis DeBrusque said about the DeMello knee on McDavid? 
I don't remember it, but I'm sure he's the only good hit. DeBrusque said that. Louis fucking DeBrusque. DeBrusque is the most Homer announcer there is. Literally. Now, like, what I like about DeBrusque is that he calls shit out. He's a Homer, and it's clear. What I noticed from DeBrusque is I think he was trying to suppress his Homer. Like, he was going out of his way to appear neutral. And in order to do that, he had to be a little bit pro Jets. I think that's what he was doing. That's what Hunter Ryan Singh was promoting. A fucking sink. I'm not even talking about that guy because, like, I can't not like him without being a racist, which <laughs> I just He's don't a Jets like fan. Him. That's all I that, that's it. <laughs> and, but it's, we it's want Michaels. Yeah. But and then and then it was it wasn't just DeBrusque, it was the, the whole intermission panel, BXA and all the Kelly Hurdy was the guy who was like, fuck yeah, this is a this is a great hit right there on, on McDavid. Oh, nice. good job of shutting down number 97 nice. there by the Jets. Yeah. Whenever you hear someone say, oh, the X team did a good job shutting McDavid, you should no. read. They cheated. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, the next time, I hate when teams are like, the, oh, they did a great job, you know, shutting down McDavid and Dreisaitl. No. The refs did a terrible job allowing this to happen. That's my view. I don't even need to watch the game. That's what that means. And whenever you don't, you don't shut McDavid down cleanly. He's too good. To yeah. stop McDavid, you have to do it dirty. You have to. It has to be a slash, a hold, a trip. And to, you to know sh- that two thirds of them are not going to be called. And in the playoffs, shut, none of them. To shut down Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in the same game, it's one of two things. You either got lucky, or. You did it breaking the rules. There is, and I want to give or you credit, got, got mad goalied is the alternative option. Th- there are some situations where it's a combination of like McDavid and Drysdale just having an off night because it yeah. happens to everyone. Like, I'll give credit to the Leafs for like maybe a game and a half of those three games. Yeah, the Leafs took no penalties in those games, like, which, hmm, like, hmm, that's kind of sus. This is, hmm, interesting. Interesting indeed. But like, I'll, very I'll, very clean play by our I'll good s- Canadian boy. I'll say it like Ju- Justin Hall in that three game series was awesome. He played amazing. Yeah. He, he, I didn't. Um, that the, the pairing of Hall and, and Brody actually. Yeah, they were. I did. I no point that I complain about them being dirty. They no. were just frustrating because they got sticks in the right lanes. They they did what they they got in between McDavid and the goalie, yeah. and the other guy was blocking the pass. It it worked. That TJ Brody actually the best leaf. Don't even at me, bro. He's the best <laughs> leaf. Like just I hate because he's not in Calgary anymore. In Calgary, I said he was the best flame. Like I literally like that guy. He's so smart defensively. He, he's very underrated, actually. Like he's the more than I watch Tanev him. And, He's better than Tanev, Brodeen, Larson. Your other shit out. He he is like Larson's more physical, but like Brodeen is just it reminds me of Ethan Bear to an extent, where you're under pressure. You mean, he just you mean does the, the right worst, thing. You mean the worst fucking defenseman in Edmonton Oilers history oh who cost the Oilers the, all four games this series <laughs> and all four games last year, Ethan oh Bear. Oh my gosh. Which we'll See, get he, to Ethan Bear. Yeah. But yeah, Ethan Bear without the puck reminds me of of Brody in a way. I like that. Yeah. So 
Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to blaming Bear. I I just it's so unfortunate to me that Bear, the two most unfortunate games of Bear's career were both elimination games for yeah. the Oilers. Like those are the only two bad games he's ever had. Yeah. So <laughs> to t- to put a bowl on on the refs discussion, um, I always have to throw in this disclaimer. It's not that we want the refs to favor the star players. No. Like, that's what the NBA does, and I don't like it. Yeah. I just want them to call it the same for all players. I want Connor McDavid and Tom Wilson to be playing with the same rule book. And right now, that's just not happening. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'd add on that with that specific comparison is, do you factor in a repeat offender clause? And I say not on the ice. I say only for on the ice rules. Yeah, I say on the ice, same rules. Yeah, on the ice, same rules. If guy makes a dumb thing that is, you know, you get a hearing for it, then you consider personal history. But on the ice, I want McDavid. Okay, basically, I want Demello tripping McDavid to be the same as Drysaddle tripping Eakin, as Wilson tripping Panarin, or as Panarin tripping Wilson. That's all the same call. Can we please – also, I said Cody Eakins. I have his hockey card in front of me here, but that's a very random pick. Yeah, I was like, what? Well, Just some crappy player. Where'd you get Honestly, that one from? Yeah, where, it's from Upper Deck. Upper Deck 2015 MVP series. Cody Eakin from Dallas. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? Fuck it. Let's talk, let's talk about – actually, I'll ask you. Who do you want to talk about first? Do you want to actually, no, I'm going to ask you a general question. Okay. 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 Earlier in the show, I referenced the blame game and anytime there's a a result like this, people want someone to point fingers at. Yeah. In your opinion, in your opinion, I was going to say appearance for some reason. I don't know why. In your onion. In your opinion, now that you've had basically a week to kind of, process yeah who do you blame for this because this is obviously not the result that the oilers wanted yeah and someone did something wrong i'm going to yeah i'm going to keep this personal to me because i've seen i've seen online people i've seen i've seen i've seen people blaming mcdavid for this which is insane but like okay i'm gonna hmm. sorry we i feel like we should reiterate this if you're blaming McDavid, you are clinically insane. <laughs> Go get help. Hashtag Connor McRegular season. Ha ha. Isn't that a really funny, funny thing? You know, the Flames fans fucking made that picture like the day they got eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah. And we're just holding on to it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So blame game for me. Um, Can I blame Connor Hellebuck? Can he be my number one? I'm on the Oilers. Now, I'm not saying like one person responsible for the entire series. Obviously, yeah, yeah. that's not how it works. Just like, where do I, how do I weigh this? You know, how do I weigh? Who are you pointing fingers at? Hmm. I have an answer in my head. I'm just thinking if I want to say anyone else first. Because I think, I think you know exactly who my answer is. I think but, I have the same answer. But okay. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah. I, I want to start off by saying, that I 
don't blame Archibald. I don't blame Ethan Bear. I don't blame Mike Smith. You don't blame, don't Connor, blame Connor McDavid. McDavid. You don't yeah. blame Leon Draisaitl. I don't blame Ryan Eugene Hopkins for not having a point in the game we were shut out when no one had a point. <laughs> Believe it or not, having <laughs> zero points when everyone has zero points is equal to having zero points. Guess what? You're tied for the team lead. Yeah, exactly. Holy shit. Um, yeah. Uh, I just I, – I don't want to pile on this guy because I've done it before. But Dave Tippett needs to use his assets better. He no, needs to use no. his coach privileges better. He has to it, call timeouts. No, Dave, he has to roll lines. He has to adapt in-game. He has it, to play our best lineup. Right, right, right. You know what Dave Tibbet needs to do? He needs to get the fuck out of Edmonton because he has officially run out of chances. One and seven in the playoff record for Tippett. He's not going anywhere, though, because the regular season record has been the best you've seen in a while. I guarantee you Tippett's coach next year, and what I want him to do is play our best lineup. Ryan, I would agree with you. But there is one factor in this coaching conversation that gives me some hope that Dave Tippett's and you know what? I do feel a little bad. I I don't want to be the guy that's calling for a guy to lose his job. Like that's yeah. But at the same time, if you are not competent, you should not be the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. So <laughs> the thing that gives me some hope that Dave Tippett Maybe not opening night next season, but by the end of next season, we'll no longer be the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Is that the Oilers already have a replacement? They have a replacement yep. who who they have been grooming to be the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, his contract expired and they re-signed him. Okay. Because they want him to stay in Bakersfield. His He's name is Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, which, by the way, means he's been a head coach for Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones, Evan Bouchard, Ryan McLeod, Tyler Benson, all these guys. I think Yessi Pugliarvi? Yes, Yessi Pugliarvi. Yamamoto. That seems like Kyler Yamamoto. That seems like so fucking long ago. Caleb Jones, I think, was in Bakersfield for a bit. Okay. So, first of all, he knows the team, all right? And second thing, this is the proof that he has been groomed for the role of head coach. So, Jay Woodcroft, if you need a refresher, was the associate coach for Todd McClellan? Something like that. Some sort of title. Either that or one of the assistants. Yeah. Assistant to the coach. (laughs) Okay, when Todd McClellan was fired, that this is like a messy part of Oilers history. The whole eventually the whole staff was fired. At one point yeah, or another. They let they let go of McClellan. They did not for then they hired Hitchcock, and then Hitchcock came in and kicked out Yanni and two other guys and kept only Gullitson. And Woodcroft was sent him to the minors. Gullitson and Dustin Schwartz. Yeah, sorry, Schwartz. Yes, Schwartz, he stayed as well. But all the other assistants eventually, at one point or another, were gone except Jay Woodcroft. Jay Woodcroft was not fired. He was promoted, maybe? Promoted to head coach of the lesser team. It's like a demoted-promoted combo. It's like a lateral move, kind of. 
He was shuffled. Well, uh, yeah, you, you go from being like the fourth most important guy to the most important team to the head to the most important guy to the second most important team. Okay. Know? So they, they had no reason to keep him around unless they identified him as the eventual head coach of the Edmonton. It's Sheldon Keefe in Toronto. It's the exact yeah. same situation. Yeah. Right? So he's been – the Oilers are a young team with a lot of youth – who have come up through Bakersfield yeah. under Jay Woodcroft. Okay. He's been the primary mentor for all of basically anyone that's younger than McDavid and Drysidle. Now, the one caveat to this is that there has been a change in management in that time. Yeah. Right. Ken Holland's now the GM of the Oilers. I still think Holland thinks that Woodcroft is the guy because think Ken about Holland how much, got a think five about how year much, contract and gave Tippett a three year contract. Interesting. Hey, think there's room. Yeah. No, that's yeah. So first of all, he extended Woodcroft. Second of all, think about how much communication on a day to day basis happens between the general manager of the NHL team and the head coach of the farm team, especially in a situation like the Oilers, where how many guys have come up from Bakersfield in the last two seasons? A lot. A lot. A lot, a lot. A lot. I, I didn't even say like Cooper Marody, right? Patrick Russell. Patrick Russell. Jay Woodcroft's the guy, okay? When the Oilers win the Stanley Cup, Jay Woodcroft's going to be the head coach. And you've said that to me so many times. I have said that, but I'm just more and more confident now because yeah. <clears throat> it did not occur to me that he would be taking over so quickly. Fair. But Here's- Dave Tippett, like Dave Tippett has fucking accelerated the process. I don't know what this guy's doing. I don't Yeah. Like this entire last season I loved it. This this season I'm confused. Maybe it's the fact that I'm on Twitter now, but like still. <laughs> it's whack. It's the same for me. I thought he was a great coach last year. I don't know. I don't know what changed because it's not my opinion on him has changed. Well, it has, but it's, he has changed as a head coach. It's that the very principles that he laid in place, the accountability thing, the not the, after a, when you keep the same lineup, all the things that he set in stone, not in stone, but everything that he used as a guideline for doing his job last year has been without even verbally rephrasing it has been completely hypocritically ignored and altered right in front of our eyes as he plays our no, he doesn't even play our best lineup makes insane decisions does not adjust in game no you're ex- you're exactly I'm gonna be honest right. with you. yeah like i i at this moment i i know dave tippett is not being fired this summer i know it there's no way i dis i disagree i but Ethan, what I will say is that I do I do believe that he's on a hot seat. I believe that the Oilers are somehow, and I wish that like if this let's say I'm GM and they're like you can't fire Tippett now, I, then you know what? I I would make a deal. I would say let's say the next season starts on time. Let's say it starts in October, middle of October, right? If on December first the Oilers again barring Injury shenanigans, right? If on December 1st, the Oilers are not top two in the Pacific, Tippett's canned. 
at least. Like the the Pacific, like the Pacific is us in Vegas. We we've complained in the past about people saying that the Oilers are playing in a shitty division. The Oilers are playing in a shitty division next year. Yeah, like that's just objective. Two teams above five hundred. Two last yeah, year, two like this, teams, this this current year, Vegas and Edmonton. Only two teams that made the playoffs, right? Yeah, Edmonton yeah. and Vegas. Yeah. One team that does not fucking exist yet. Yeah. The thing, but yeah, like looking at who's like, but it, literally if the Oilers finish third in the Pacific next year, that's a disappointment. We, if you don't get home ice in the first round next year, they see what are you doing. What are you doing? You met unless, unless, unless Seattle is stupid good, which I don't know about that. I think we can we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But we have to be able to compete with them, right? The way I see it, one and two is Oilers Vegas. Three is probably Seattle. Calgary could bounce back. Vancouver could bounce back. Yeah, the right. three California teams are still eggs. That's it. That's your division. <laughs> Ouch. Honestly, the, like the third best team this year. Actually, I think Calgary okay. All said and done, Calgary was the third best team in 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 the Pacific Division traditionally this year. Calgary was third. Fourth was Arizona. They're in the Central now, so yeah. like it just got easier. And I think Seattle's gonna be better than Arizona next year out of the gate. But still, literally, I, if the Oilers don't spend the entire season either first or second in the Pacific Division, what are you doing? You're doing it wrong. You're you're firing your coach is what you're doing. Yeah, the, step one's your coach. Um. I do like if I were to bet money on it, I would say Tippett has coached his last game for the Edmonton Oilers. Really? For two reasons. One, they just got mm. swept by the Winnipeg fucking Jets. Okay. The sweep helps. I agree. The sweep Ign- helps. Ignoring like all the reasons why you should fire head coaches and just yeah. looking at why head coaches do get fired. Sweeps to the Winnipeg Jets. Like that's. That is something that would get an NHL head coach fired. Now, the other reason why I'm saying it right now, Dave Tibbet has coached his last game as an Edmonton Oiler, is Holland and Tippett have not been on the same page at all this season. Okay? Ken Holland made the choice to have Evan Bouchard with the NHL team. Okay? Ken Holland has a track record of not rushing prospects. Okay. Yeah. He calls up NHL. He calls up prospects when he feels that they are ready to perform in the NHL. That's kind of his thing. Okay. So when he calls up Bouchard, that's him saying he's ready to go. He's one of our top six defensemen. How many games did Bouchard play this year? Not enough. Two. Oh, look. Well, more than that. More than that. It felt like two. There, there was like one in the second half. Yeah, he played fourteen. 14. Wow. Do you have like a game log? Huh? You have like a game log? I just have hockey DB. Okay. Because yeah, and two of those games were ones after we already clinched where you just play whoever. So like he really he really played 12 important games. It's not just Evan Bouchard, like see also Caleb Jones. See Um, Dmitry Kulikov being scratched for Chris Russell. Dmitry Kulikov. Only addition Holland made. The, His plan was to play Kulikov. The, the one and now made at the trade deadline by a buying team 
doesn't yeah. even play the elimination game. And Chris Russell is second in the entire NHL playoffs for time <laughs> on ice per game. Ethan, I will say one thing. I this, I don't know how much truth there is to this, but a I forget who it was. Credible reporter did say that they asked Bouchard, you're not really getting ice time. Do you want to go back to Bakersfield now and get the play? Bouchard said, no, I'd rather stay ready in case of injury. I don't know if that's true, but still, he should be in the lineup before this question even comes up. That's what I think. Better than Pat or Chris goddamn Russell. Well, he's better than both of us. Our best six defensemen, regardless of what hand is lower on their stick. Did did we play our actual top six once this year? Well, it depends who you think our actual top six are. How but many games? I, how, many, how many games did Chris Russell play this year? That that's my Chris only question. Russell DB. Chris Russell played one playoff game this year. How many regular season games? Holy shit, thirty five. That's 35 games we didn't play our best six defensemen. At least. Who else is not a top six defenseman? Lajeson? Lajeson. I wish Lajeson didn't get PDO'd because I loved him when he was good for like eight games there. Okay, he played 19 only. More than Bouchard still, but. How does, in what fucking, because how old is Lajeson? 25. That's young for a defenseman. Yeah. Okay, so what's the reason? Why is he playing more than Bouchard? Left-handed, Ethan. That's why we can't I keep Barry. shove my left hand up his fucking ass. That's okay. People want Dougie Hamilton. I don't because he's right-handed. Because he'll I'll, get healthy scratched? No, no, because he'll keep Bouchard out. The way I see it, if I was, if I was coach, I would... I mean, and I, I obviously I don't know. I haven't played hockey defense. I don't know what that feels like. But if I'm coach, I want to play our best six defensemen. I don't really care which hand is lower on their stick. Guess what? Guess what? Most what? left-handed defensemen have played the right side in their life. Yeah. It's and just, vice versa, perhaps. No, yeah, it, like it's mostly just that way because. Like, but we have too many good rights. We had, we had four good right shot defensemen and only one good left shot defenseman. Okay, two if you include Caleb Jones. Evan, but he Evan play Bouchard enough. could play the left side, and he did for one game. And he was on the ice for three shots against all game, the lowest of all of our defensemen. And he got two healthy. of them went in, and he was scratched for the next two months. He was on ice for three shots against. His, Smith's on ice save percentage was 33%, and Bouchard got canned for two you know months because you know of it. We're beating a dead horse. Sorry, feeding a fed horse. But <laughs> yeah, we are. Sure are. With the lineup decisions. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's the no quarters of Dave Tippett would point to, you know, oh, there, there are other aspects of, of coaching other than just lineup decisions. Okay. Let's talk about some of the other aspects of coaching. All right. One of those would be like motivating players and getting the best out of your players. Oops. The Oilers just fucking coughed up a three goal lead to the jets. Where's their motivation there? Like they're obviously not getting it from Tippett. Yeah. And Koskinen and Cassian especially fell off because they weren't inspired anymore. Okay. So no, he's not motivating guys. All right. Let's look at like tactics, like systems and, and, and the way the Oilers are playing on the ice. Well, the Winnipeg jets played the exact game they wanted to 
and kept the Oilers to the outside for 80% of it. So no, that's, they didn't. Oh, even when we're at home, somehow the opposing coach gets their matchups. <laughs> that's probably the best description of Dave Tippett I've ever heard this season. Literally. Even on the road, the other teams somehow get last change. Don't know. And then and then there's the, you know, just like basic hockey knowledge, like taking a goddamn timeout, which this yeah. is not the first time this season we've gotten mad at Tibbet for not taking a timeout. This guy gets paid more than Yessi Pugliarvi. <laughs> Dave Tippett, I will point out that Dave Tippett only has one year in his contract. So I I I like to. So you're saying it's even cheaper to fire him? Yeah, I'm saying that even if Tippett ends up being around for the duration of next year and the duration of next year's short, week-long playoff run, (laughs) then Jay Woodcroft probably comes in in 2022-23. I think opening night 2021. Jay Woodcroft. There's two opening nights in 2021. I just realized that. The Opening other night of the 2022 season, Jay Woodcroft will at the very least be on the bench for the Oilers. I hope so. I like Gullitson. Gullitson's special teams, special teams have been, pop- have been, they've been popping. So again, our special teams have been the best in the league the last two years. I think Gullitson's yeah. doing his damn job. Yeah. And that is, you, you, you could look at that and be like, that's because of McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins. It's not because of Chase on or Barry. No, I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. Now, Ethan, how. I want you to just tell me with a noise how this makes you feel, okay? Next year's power play unit. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Pooley-RV, Bouchard. Oh! <laughs> this came in my pants. That's a sexy fucking power play unit. You know what that means, right? Going to extend Chaison instead of Nuge so we can keep Pooley-RV and Neil and Chaison and Dreisaitl and McDavid on the power play. So no defenseman. basically, like, I, I wish we had a guest on this week so I could get like an outside perspective on this because call Maria we, right now. We've been fucking banging the Dave Tipper drum all season, right? Yeah. Is there any argument to is there any part of his job that he does well? Okay, he he has gotten the most out of shitty players. That I agree with. Okay. Okay. How much the of re- that has how much of that has to do with him? And how much of that has to do with they got a couple shifts with the best player in the fucking world? Doesn't really to me, I don't care. My point is he's making it harder for himself. He's playing Ooh. bad players and they're playing well, but you could just play good players instead. <laughs> and they play better. They do. They do. I yeah, hope, can, can and this is me? partially on Ken Holland too, but man, imagine if Marody Benson McLeod could have kept their AHL moxie going as the NHL third line, Haas and his Archie fourth line. We're balling. We're mad balling. <laughs> I don't need to see Shaysan ever again. There's, there's another one. Tyler fucking Ennis. Like he just disappeared for no reason. <laughs> And again, that's another Holland acquisition who Holland specifically got to play with Connor McDavid. Well, I like to think the GMs, not even McDavid, ignore McDavid, all GMs acquire players with the intention that the players they acquire play hockey. 
man. I mean, this is like Dylan Larkin in our fantasy league this year. Like, I That's got him. True. At, I got him at the deadline and fucking sat him the rest of the season. This is me acquiring Taylor Hall. I've got him for just for roster circumvention. <laughs> but this isn't this isn't fantasy. I literally got Taylor Hall. This is because I can put him on an IR. NH fucking gel. <laughs> I mean, you can get players for a circumvention. Look at Hosa or Nash. Or Look at the Tampa anyone. Bay Lightning's entire roster. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair though, Tara Vinen for Carolina never played a game this season either. I just, I just saw that on Twitter. He so. did he? Totally did. He did. Oh man, yeah, maybe. I had him in fantasy. He didn't play much, but he he played. But like, I, I think there's some uh, shenanigans going on in Carolina too. So. Caravan played 21 games. Anyways. Mostly before the plague. So he got the plague for like a month. So like give an example of like a shitty player who's played well in Edmonton. And if you say Alex Chason, I will slap you through my computer monitor. I mean, if we're being completely honest, he's had a 20 goal season under not tipping. Three years ago. Yeah. Um, Okay. Shitty player. What have you done for me lately? (laughs) <laughs> what do you know? What do you have for me lately? <laughs> um, someone like Devin Shore came Devin out of PTO. A good, he's a good defensive forward. No one wanted him. No one signed the guy. He came in on a PTO and he played top six in yeah. overtime elimination game, and he played well. <laughs> Dave Tippett yeah. should not Dave have Tippett been playing Devin Shore, but Devin Shore played well. What guy? Dave Tippett didn't sign him. Ken Holland fucking signed him. Yeah. But so Dave Tippett played like him Kurt, when he shouldn't, and he played well. I, okay, if he played well when he shouldn't have been playing, isn't that more of a credit to Devin Shore than Dave Tippett? Yeah, I so guess. Then, what are we talking about? Devin Shore. <laughs> Elite defensive forward Devin Shore? I've never seen Devin Shore. Devin Shore played an entire overtime period on the wing of Nugent Hopkins looking really good. And I thought it was Everly there for a second. We're in the 14. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying, but uh, uh. if we snuck Everly into that jersey and made his face chubbier, like uh, that sounds like a win for me. Devin Shore is like a young guy too. He's 26, he? bro. 26. He's younger than he's younger than Prussell and Haas and Nuge and Nygaard. Like that's n- like he plays like he's fucking 38. <laughs> yeah. So is there any other argument to keeping Dave Tippett around? Um, the last argument I want to bring up is uh, the fact that we've had a lot of coaches in the last like 10 years. Do you really want to change it again? My answer is yes, because I think that I think that you can change coaches without the I think it's totally okay if you haven't found the right coach yet or if it's not working out. That's okay. I don't really care about the reputation of coach killer that would come of the, from that happening. I don't really care. I don't really care. It's I want to win. It's not the care. Oilers are coach killers. It's that the coaches that they hire suck. The issue with I okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, but that that's not even a pro tippet argument. That's just a don't fire him argument. Exactly. Like that has nothing to do with Dave Tippett's ability as a coach. So boom. That's true. Chalk another one under the hashtag fire tip again. Woo woo. Uh, my my I have a fear though. I have a bit of a fear about this. Um and this fear can be applied to several 
also, uh, also, sorry, sorry. players. On the Go note ahead. of, okay, on the note of you don't want to bring in a new coach, it won't be a new coach. That's the best part. Jay Woodcroft, like McDavid, Dreisaitl, Pulley-Arvey, Nugent Hopkins, Larson, Clefbaum, Nurse, they've all had him as a coach. I miss Clefbaum, straight up. Like, he won't be a new coach. So not only is that not an argument for Dave Tippett, it's also not an argument against hashtag fire Dave Tippett. LOL, get wrecked, finger guns. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Um, My fear is that we fire Tippett and hire... I don't know, Mike Babcock. Oh my God. I would stop cheering for the Oilers. Like, like my, I just, and I guess I have a similar fear. Let's say we let Tyson Berry walk. And then instead of playing the young Bouchard guy who we're supposed to be playing, who've been grooming his organization, we go and we sign. A defenseman who isn't Dougie. Brandon Montour. I I don't know. Like I, I just, I don't want to, Jay Woodcroft, his destiny is to coach this team. His destiny is to lift the Stanley Cup at yeah. Rogers Place. I don't wanna I don't wanna Mike Babcock block him from getting that job. You know? <laughs> like I just I just ew, if, ew, ew. if we're losing, if we're gonna kick Tippett out, at least replace him with the guy who's supposed to be replacing him. Yeah. And Which I, I think, think I think like I'm very confident that Holland would do that. I think that's the plan. I hope that's the plan. I still don't think Tibbet's being fired any time before Christmas, but. Okay. Quick question before we move on to something else. Hmm. Cause I think we've proven that there's no argument to keep Dave Tippett around. I can't think of one. <laughs> and the ones that you did come up with, I have just expertly disproven. Good. <laughs> Hashtag lawyered. <laughs> Who would you prefer as the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers? Dave Tippett, or I'll throw this name because I like him. And he's, as far as I know, he's still available. Gerard G-G. Gallant. GG. I like GG. Who, who would you prefer? Give Like, taking into consider Because, like, that would be a situation where, yeah, like, you might not want to fire a coach because we've had a lot of coaches. Yeah. Right? So, Dave Tippett or GG? Who would I would you- prefer Gallant. Thank you. I would prefer Woodcroft over both. Yes, because obviously. That's, that's that's more just a good coach. That's a step for the organization. And it's a better fit. Yeah, way better fit. But that being said, I still prefer Gallant. Yeah, I do. Okay. All right. Also, you know, also Vegas, who's our main opponent in the Pacific Division. So. Yeah, that's. I, I didn't even think of that. I just. He's Which is why I don't coach. want Tippett to go to Seattle. Actually, screw it. Tip it to Seattle so we can scrap Keelan Jones there, too. Please. <laughs> Actually, no. Calgary Fires. Who's their head coach now? Sutter. Sutter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh-huh. keep, keep Sutter. Keep Sutter. Never mind. <laughs> Vancouver. No, they just extended oh, green. Keep their guy, too. Uh, fuck it. Todd they McClellan in L.A. Dallas Ankins in Anaheim. Oh, my this God. division is for <laughs> It's all the fucking oil. Ken Hitchcock comes out of retirement to coach the fucking Sharks. <laughs> Tip it to yes. Seattle, bro. This is yes. awesome. The memes. <laughs> the memes. Okay. Couple. There's I like. Want two- just slap them all around. All <laughs> of them. There's two more things I want to touch on in the Oilers, Jets 
debacle. <laughs> First one is the conversation about the Edmonton Oilers and specifically Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. You know, this this is the whole Spectre thing. They need to have an Iserman moment, quote unquote. Um, what does that even mean, Ryan? I think I think what these people are suggesting is that the Oilers need to have an Iserman moment and surround McDavid and Drysaddle with nine other Hall of Fame players because the salary cap doesn't apply to the Oilers. Like, I just. Hashtag sign Hamilton, Chicago Vetchkin, and Nugent Hopkins. Yeah. How can you watch Connor McDavid play and think any other thought than, oh my God, this guy is perfect? People how- say he's a bad leader. What? <laughs> I, I what know. The, what, the, what the hell do those people know about leadership, anyways? Fucking Joe69420 on Twitter, who doesn't even have a fucking avatar. Him again? You already like, mentioned him before. <laughs> who like works plumbing or he works on the rigs? What the fuck does he know about leadership? Come on, guy. He was a leader of his his high school roller inline team, bro. That went 0 and 26. Okay. Hey, 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 hey. 3 and 22. <laughs> 3 and 23. What a, no no, one of the games was postponed. Rain. <laughs> Snow <laughs> Inclement weather So I'm going to start off by saying I have no idea what kind of a leader Connor McDavid is I have a guess Me too. I, He seems seen like a more four. He seems seen like four, a more You know quiet Lead by example type Which I mean it's a pretty good fucking example <laughs> yeah. But Like What the fuck? Stop saying he's Iserman. I just don't I don't know why that bugs players, me so much. Bro, what? He's fuck. He's way better than Iserman. Like, shut up. Yeah. And uh, that, Ken Holland, though, he had them both. Though, there's so, connections. Like, I know why people are questioning his leadership. Like, it's the whole that video of him yelling at Pulley RV. Which, by the way. If you watch the whole video, he wasn't yelling at fucking Pooley you morons. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was going to ask you what you thought. I meant to like days ago. Like, literally, Pooley had his head down, like, doing whatever. Probably thinking about pizza. Yeah. And McDavid's literally yelling past him. Yeah. And the amount of, like, this is why people don't trust the mainstream media. Yeah. (laughs) Because. They'll make it up. You see that video, and they're like, oh, he's yelling at Pooley no, the fuck he isn't. And it's not even a, oh, like, he, he might be, he might not be. It's watch the whole, like, instead of watching the five-second clip, watch the 20-second clip, and it's clear as day that he, I don't know who he's yelling at. I know it's not Pooley It's someone sitting on the other side of Pooley That was one of the coaches. So what the, f- like, literally, have dumb takes, whatever, but just watch the whole thing. Like I just, think my favorite crazy is what it my is. favorite Ethan quote is is say dumb things but don't be wrong. <laughs> Literally, say whatever <laughs> the fuck you want. We'll make fun of you at Spectre, at Maddie, at David Staples. But like at least, at, at yeah. the very least, like Mark Spectre like watches the whole game, <laughs> right? 
Which doesn't seem like a lot to ask of people who get paid to write about the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> and this isn't just Oilers fans on Twitter. This is actual journalists. Like, this is, you know, your Ryan. Yeah, like you said, like, yeah. I don't care what John 4269, no profile picture is saying. I don't even care what the Oilers analytics department of teenagers is saying. But, like, <laughs> when you are on, actually a journalist, do your job better. Shout out to the Oilers analytics department, the fucking bunch of high schoolers on Twitter. <laughs> you guys rock. Keep doing your thing. students. <laughs> so, I, also, I want to point out that we we totally teamed up on who was that when I I brought you in as the sarcasm police. Who was that against? I don't even know. That's Spec. No, it wasn't Spec. Spec doesn't reply to us yet. Don't worry, we'll he get him. Reply to us. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we totally we 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 teamed up on hey, some on some hey, journalists. Hey, we we totally got that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so. I do think there is something to be said that the Oilers need a, you know, a more vocal leader. It was Matheson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck, Maddie, dude. Mm. Need He's a even more, verified. The, the Oilers need a more vocal presence in the locker room. You know, a guy who's more rah-rah. But then I remember, oh, wait, that's why they have fucking Mike Smith. So what are we talking about? Okay. The Oilers don't have a leadership issue. Shut up. Okay. These we have a Connor Hellebuck's a good goalie issue. Okay. Is, and a coach doesn't help us out. I know issue. anyone who isn't an Oilers fan is going to accuse me of making excuses for this team. But it's two years in a row where the Oilers got fucked by something. Okay. Last year, it was the whole layoff. And anything after that pause is just, I'm not even considering it. It's an outlier. This year, they were literally the better team by quite a bit in four games in a row, and they lost all of them. So, stop, stop trying to fix the Oilers. They're going to be fine. They're going to win a Stanley Cup. They might win more than a Stanley Cup. They might win two or three. They're going to win a cup. And I feel like we're, enough time has passed since this end of the series where... I can look at them like I can look at the big picture now again. They're gonna win yeah. a cup. I believe so. They're gonna be the Oilers are gonna be way better than they were last than they were this year. Yeah. Twenty five million in cap space. Yeah. You got the fucking Pouliot coming off the books. You got all these shitty players coming off the books. Chase on. Yeah, like I think we literally just have to, yeah, just re-sign Nuge for less than seven, Larson for less than four and a half, Haas for less than two. Dude, you can get get Haas for less than a million. Yeah, sign, this is just like what I'm saying, just like basic, you know, sign Yamamoto to a bridge for about three, like a two-year by three, like a bridge to show, you know, is he... Is he last year? Or is he this year? Yamamoto, right? Give him a bridge. It's a, it's a show him, me deal. Yeah, look, give him, give him the show me deal. Resign maybe one of Ennis or Cahoon. I don't know. Go out and get one of Coleman, Tatar, Hyman. Get a goalie. Maybe keep Kulikov if Jones is claimed by Seattle. Like, I'd rather keep 
Cuckoo than Kulikov, personally. Whichever. Yeah, whichever. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, just get, I don't know, in, in net, like, I don't really trust Smith Koskinen next year, but it could work. It's not going to be you, Smith Koskinen. It Some, won't be. Something's going to change there. Yeah. And I think whatever it is, it's not going to be a downgrade unless you trade Koskinen for Corpusalo. That's a downgrade, I think. But like, yeah, I basically everything I just said, all those chains I just said leaves you. I did this math earlier, leaves you with 50 mil. That that could get you another McDavid. Sorry, leaves you with 15 mil, not including the one of Hyman to Tark Holman. Yeah, Before but with that, with 15 mil, you could get a McDavid and a Zach Hyman. <laughs> So I think with that, with that extra 15 mil, here's what you do. You sign Nuge to whatever the he wants because you have the money to afford it. And yeah. after that, do, after that, get some little upgrades here and there. Get a new goalie, quick, screws things up. Quick side note, hmm. uh, quick litmus test to see if anyone on Twitter actually knows what the fuck they're talking about. Litmus test. I miss litmus paper, man. If, that stuff is tasty. If anyone on Twitter says that Nugent Hopkins isn't worth like five to seven range, they don't know a goddamn thing about hockey. I'm sorry. Like I just I hate to admit this because this I don't like that this is the reality. But if this team lets Nuge walk, do I even like this team anymore? I'm sorry. Like, do I? I don't know. I don't know. How can you be loyal to a team that isn't loyal to its players and fans? Yeah, like I don't like I literally don't like I'm am I still gonna watch hockey next year? Yeah. I'm still gonna record the podcast. I'm still gonna buy a bunch of cheap new jerseys. I'm still gonna support the organization, but I'm not gonna really I don't know if I'm gonna enjoy it. Like yeah. I, I, I just you can't like Gaetan Haas, love Haas. If you let Haas walk, that's sad. Ha- okay, Haas, okay, Haas, like, okay, you know, really good player for what he is. Yeah, if he walks, let him walk. If he walks, I will be heartbroken, but I'll yeah. get over it. I'll be heartbroken. I will be very heartbroken. Okay, Tweet, I'll, I'll be very toxic on Twitter that day. But Let, like letting new that month, letting new yeah. walk would break me. Yeah, no, legit. I I think I'm done. I think that that would. I, uh, there, if there's we, no recovery like if, from that. Ethan, like, if Nuge goes and signs in Minnesota for 5.9 after we let him walk, like if Nuge goes and signs for $8 million in Washington, like they don't have $8 million, but whatever. Who cares? Then I'm, I'm very heartbroken and I'm not going to get over it, but at least I understand that Holland thinks. That there's a better way to use that money. If he goes, to, if he, if if Nugent Hopkins signs with a different NHL team for anything less than seven, I will take an oven mitt, throw it in the oven, buy detergent, bury it in the ground, buy a milkshake, dump it in my pants, and cry. I'll pop holes in all of my Hot Wheels tires. I will I will tear apart this book of Song of Solomon. I will punch a hole in this wall and frame it. I will I will I will burn my grilled cheese and eat the entire thing with mustard. 
Like, I don't even care. Oilers, look at what you're doing to this guy. Look at what you've done. (laughs) I will spend my entire scholarship buying old news jerseys and uh, hang them on the wall. Let if Ryan Nugent Hopkins is not wearing an Oilers jersey on opening night, that is on, as far as I'm concerned, that's on the same level as trading Gretzky, trading Ryan Smith. I'll throw yeah. the Pronger trade in there too. Yeah. See, in terms I, of just I, I leave devastating, out of that, but yeah. yeah, devastating a fan base. Yeah. Like not in terms of bad trades because like, fuck, you can't beat Gretzky. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking like in terms of what makes you like question if this franchise is even con- is emotional even, like, impact. Yeah, emotional impact. I agree. It's it's up there for sure. This guy has to be. This guy has a shot to be the first player to ever play. First notable player to ever play his whole career with the Everton Oilers. Dude, Yoki Nygaard played his whole career here. He's going. He's official release. He's going back to Europe because no one freaking played him. Six-year deal to play in Sweden. Yeah. Like, Good for him. I'm Good not for him, mad. Well, like, I wish he. I wish he got more of a chance here. But like, good for the guy. Like he wasn't in our top twelve forward. So okay. Like I. Fair. I like. I. I love Nokim Yagard. <laughs> Nokim Yagard. Clearly, I love Nokim Yagard. Yeah, Nokim Yagard. I want to point out that this guy won the fastest scare competition. Was on McDavid's line in his first NHL game, scored a goal assisted by Haas in his second NHL game. What a hot start for Nygaard. Like Nygaard? Love the didn't guy. Work out. Yeah, Nygaard. Under any other circumstance, I might be a little bummed that, bummed that he's not going to be back next year. Yeah. But this guy just got a six year deal to play for his hometown team in Sweden. Like, yeah. fuck, good for you, guy. And also, like, if we're only going to sign one of Ennis Cahoon Nygaard, Nygaard's my number three. So, yeah. I can tolerate that. So, yeah, back to not jokes. <laughs> the last thing I want to talk about for this week, anyway, because, you know, this series is going to need, like, years of therapy. <laughs> yeah. We talked about him earlier. Ethan Bear had his second bad game ever. And it just again happened to be an elimination game. Like this it wasn't even a bad game. It was one dumb pass. And you know what? I'm and not even I'm not even putting the entirety of the blame for that pass on Ethan Bear. No, yeah, no one else was in the zone. It was Cuckoo a bad and Chase Son were not in the zone. They were not open. Slater Cuckoo, he takes three steps. And the Oilers get out of the zone fine. For whatever Chason, reason. Chason stays back defensively. I don't want to blame McLeod, but he was on the ice. He was in position, but he could have done something better, I'm assuming, as well. But, like, for whatever reason, Slater Cuckoo had the puck on his stick and just decided to stop skating when he was wheeling around the net. And then yeah. he ran out of time. His only option was to pass to Bear. And then yeah. Bear, Bear had no had one open. No good plays. The only good play Bear had was to pass it up to um, Kara in the in the neutral zone, which is what he tried. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, the the only other option for Bear is to do, and this is a play he's really good at, is to just reverse the directions along the wall and yeah. try to get past that Jets four checker. 
but the wall then, was blocked by Cuckoo and the Jets guy and yeah. Shifley. And all, the wall like, was blocked. I I honestly feel like the chances of screwing up that play are higher just yeah. because of where everyone is on the ice. Yeah. So like then the entire line got benched for the rest of the game, basically. Until a penalty kill late in the third overtime. Well, it's like how, how, what was Bears ice time in game four? Like half less than half of Chris Russell. Funny to know. We, we talked about this all the time. Like, how how is Ethan Bears supposed to have any confidence in himself if he's yeah. just not playing? And every every time he makes a mistake. Which everyone, guess what? That's hockey. That's life. Everyone fucks up. Yeah. Every time he makes a mistake, Tippett is, you know, accountability and uh, accountability for players under 26 who are only. not named Ryan McLeod. Even, hey, McLeod was benched for the two overtime. So I think that counts for him as well now. I guess. Yeah. Not fair the exception point. anymore. But there was a bit where he was the exception for some reason. He was good. He didn't really make mistakes. That's true. Fuck, Evan Bouchard was good. What? What's What's the excuse there? Again, Smith saved one-third of the shots on ice when he was there. Anyway, <laughs> so... Ethan Bear is going to be fine. He took... Their best right Okay, I got it. And you know, I hate I hate to drag them into this because but I just I feel that you know context is required. So I was listening to the latest episode of the Handkerchief Dynasty podcast, which go listen to it. Great podcast, usually really good hockey takes. Mm-hmm. This is the exception. Okay. Secret professor who is a friend of the show, great guy. And again, I, I hate to, to, you know, basically put him up, burn him at the stake here. <laughs> but he's saying that, okay, Ethan Barrett took a step back this season. I don't think that's unreasonable to say. Compared Not- to his rookie season, he was a little bit worse. That he had 90% of NHL players. Also, he played third pairing with Krussell instead of top pairing with Nurse. Yeah. I blame Tippett more than Bear for that, but it's yeah. still it's still a fair thing to say. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. The dumb take was, and he he threw Yamamoto into this too, seeing them less as parts of the core of this team and yeah. more as trade pieces. Hmm. Shut I up. I disagree. Relax. Take a breath. Okay. I get it. You're pissed. We just got swept. They're right? a tier two core, in my opinion. Both of them. We're not we're not trading Ethan Bear. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you were a fan of the Chris Pronger trade, you don't want to trade Ethan Bear. Or the Jeff Petrie trade. You and don't. I defend Jeff Petrie trade. I defend it because Cam Talbot and Caleb Jones, but still don't trade Bear, bro. Don't okay. do it. We're not trading Ethan Bear. Kyler Yamamoto is a completely different conversation, but we're not trading Ethan Bear. He's going to be fine. Like, this was his second bad game ever. I agree. Okay, so just Okay, he had a couple bad games in this season after a concussion. Yeah. Which, who cares? What is with Tippett and playing concussed guys? Another, boom. Bunk, bunk. 
there's reason number 375 why you should fire Dave Tippett. Yeah. We're not trading Ethan Bear. Shut up. Like, defensemen like him are so hard to find. Like, you want to know? Fifth round pick. Fifth round pick. You want to know why Colorado is so good? Is because they have like six Ethan Bears. Yeah, legit. And okay. buy them on the way. <laughs> Any other NHL team would be lucky to have one. Like, Colorado has six of like the eight Ethan Bears in the NHL. And we have. <laughs> The other one. I don't know. Adam Fox is probably number eight. Yeah, I agree. I okay, that. that's it. That There are eight Ethan Bears in the <laughs> NHL, and we're lucky enough to have one of them. We're so blessed to have this player. I want to put Matt Grizzlick there, too, because Grizzly Bear, Grizzlick Bear, I don't know. Also, he's also a very underrated defenseman. I will young. curb stomp you. <laughs> okay, we're not trading Ethan Bear. Everyone, relax. Now, the other Ethan Bear story gets me even more pissed off. Okay? Simple message for all listeners of Yag Sports and Edmonton sports fans in general. Stop being fucking racist. Message to everybody, everywhere, ever. stop. (laughs) And, like, normally I'm not a guy that's like, oh, just stop. Because usually stopping things is pretty hard to do. Yeah. Pretty easy not to be fucking racist, you assholes. You think so. You think so. <laughs> I know and like, it's not that hard to not be racist. I personally find it extremely easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> it if Ethan Bear makes a bad turnover, my first my first thought isn't all those darn indigenous people. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Who are like, you? My first thought is, oh no, he made one bad play because no one he had no help at all. When 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 you see that pass, there's two acceptable responses. Okay, there is number one, oh man, oh, I feel bad for Barry. He's been great for us for the last two years. That's really yeah. shitty. Number two is, for fuck's sakes, Bear, make a goddamn pass. That's totally acceptable. One, the third response that has happened that is not acceptable is. I didn't even see what the messages were, but they must have been bad because like yeah. there's, there's no way Ethan Barrett like comes out and makes a statement. If like it didn't warrant it, like yeah. this isn't just someone calling him an idiot. Yeah. This, this isn't someone saying something. This, isn't someone, this isn't one person tweeting, stay on the reserve kid. It's no, not this that. Is, it's, it's, it's a lot this, of worse things than that. This is multiple attacks filled with prejudice and hate. That need to get the fuck out of our city. Okay? Off this damn planet, man. If if by some chance... Take your racism to a random asteroid and then blow it up. If by some chance... And I, I doubt that this is the case. But if by yeah. some chance someone listening to this podcast is one of the people that sent those messages, hand in your fucking fan card. Get the hell out of Edmonton. That's it. That's... Or... Option B, stop being racist. Yeah. Like if you want to say, if you want, if you, if you believe Bear sucks, if you want to send Bear to the Condors, if you want to send Bear to Buffalo, you're wrong, but that's okay. Yeah. It's okay you're to be wrong. wrong not yeah. okay to be racist. Like me personally, I want, like Tyson Berry had a good year. I, I don't want him to play here next year. You could have an opinion that says I am wrong. 
but it's not because actually what nationality is Barry? He's Canadian. He's from Ontario. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not, I don't want to, I don't want to get rid of Barry because I hate Ontario people, you know, even though it's, you do hate Ontario people. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Ontario people are great. I, I know lots of people from Ontario. They're all fantastic. It's just Leafs fans. <laughs> Leafs fans. So yeah, that's message of the day. Stop being racist. Or if you've never been racist, good job. <laughs> good job. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't have to congratulate you because it's a pretty easy. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say like, <laughs> I think the worst thing I see is when like the NHL Twitter account retweets it or quote tweets it, and someone's like, "Keep politics out of my hockey." Don't be what? racist. Is political? What? Don't like, kill I don't... black people? That's a political <laughs> statement? Jesus H. I don't get it. I don't. I fail to understand how you can think that being a decent person is a political thing. I did. We and we talked about this before. When when like the the oh I don't even know what incident it was. It was it like the the, the blackouts or no? It was the. It was I after, don't even know. It was after George George Floyd was killed. Murdered. What or or is it? Was it the the Raptors thing? I don't know. But th- there was something that we made the very basic statement that like, yo, stop. Like, how is this still going on? It's like, yes, I agree. Like, politics and sports don't miss. I go out of my way to not discuss politics on this podcast because I don't want yeah. this to be a political podcast. Yeah. Don't be fucking racist. Not a political statement. That's not. That's that's like saying like. That's oh, you like, radical leftist, you! <laughs> I, I'm like the least radical leftist person on the planet. Like, just don't, don't be racist. Don't be racist. Do not be racist. Okay. Ryan, is there anything else you want to talk about on the podcast, or should we just go to trivia? Um, I do want to bring up that uh, Sam Bennett is eliminated from the playoffs, which is kind of sad. I never thought I'd be sad to see Sam Bennett out of the playoffs, but and here I, I am. Just, wouldn't it be funny for Flames fans if he went to Winnipeg and then knocked us out? They'd love that. Also, Benny and the Jets, but like they'd hate that. You know, <laughs> I I like that that second one better, but eh, it's just me. <laughs> you got you got a shout out this week. I I literally don't have a shout out. I just I I want to shout out. Oh, I don't even know. Um. I guess I can read my last fish card. I thought last week was your last. Oh, we didn't upload. Oh yeah. Uh, fuck. <laughs> I gotta sit through this again. So yeah, if you're not in the know, we did we did record an episode last week, but and then you went to the lake and didn't edit it in time, and which yeah. is fine. And then should happen, and then it's like, well, now it's outdated, and there's no point, and everything's sad. I I was I was too depressed to. Do anything to upload an optimistic podcast. <laughs> I just I curled up in a ball in my bed and cried. That's the footage of me dropping a diss track against the flames might still exist. Hey, oh, it's on my computer. We could release that. Release my diss track. I can just, yeah. I can just, I can just redo it too. That will, I think that I will be available to our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> Ryan's diss track against the flames. <laughs> yeah, the last fish card. And then I don't know if anyone's keeping up with the, with the fish card, but if you're sad, I might try to get more. I won't. Liter- I won't literally nobody. 
I don't think anyone cares about the fish cards. But yeah, your last card like from Fisheries and Oceans of Canada. Pass forward. Coho. The, it looks like that, Ethan. For Ethan and Ethan alone, it looks like that. Guess what? Um, looks like a fish. Looks like a fish. That is true. Um, it weighs between 1.3 and 14 kilograms, which is Sounds very like a fish. Strong. Black tongue, wide tail, square tail base. That is, this concludes our fish cards. We don't have any more fish cards to read on the air. So I hope you enjoyed the series of six episodes of fish card readings. But yeah, that's it. No more. Literally fish. nobody did. I like to think. I'm sorry. That fish. that sounded really mean. If you enjoyed the fish, because I I do know there are some listeners who very much enjoy the fish cards. So. Oh yeah, have they called to the show saying how much they just wait an entire week for Ryan to read another fish card? A week and then two hours. Yeah, basically. Uh. Okay, I don't have a shout-out because, again, I'm still pretty depressed. So let's do trivia. We're going to switch it up. Enough Oilers talk today. Today's episode of Yank Sports Trivia is baseball-related. And our baseball team is doing way better than the Oilers are right now because they're still playing. So today's episode of Yank Sports Trivia is regarding – the 2021 season of one particular Blue Jay. You may have heard of him. He's doing all right this season. Mr. Sir Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's hitting everything that moves. So sure we're going to talk about him. Ryan, how confident are you in your knowledge of just this season, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? I own him in my fantasy baseball league. I bet you're very happy about that. Yeah, I'm like seven and one right now. All right, here we go. That's nice. Question number one. Oh, I opened up the wrong thing. Here we go. Question number one. Among all Major League Baseball players, pitchers, and position players in, in the 2021 season, where does Vladimir Guerrero Jr. rank in wins above replacement? It's going to be pretty high. I probably wouldn't have asked if it wasn't pretty high. What's what's his, his like just this season war? This season since April. How is baseball war expressed in, as a number? Like what? It's just like it's num. It's like usually between zero and ten. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's similar to hockey. Eh? Point. It's similar to hockey. Same War? idea. Yeah. Okay. I just haven't seen numbers like expressed before, so I don't know what exactly like makes any sense as an answer, but is 10 like good then? I haven't really, I haven't looked at this one analytics enough. <laughs> okay, the best season in war ever was in 1883 when Tim Keefe had a 20.2. That high, eh? That's fucking that ridiculous. If I go 20. to 20, okay, I'll go to 2019. The leader is probably Mike Trout. 
So in 2019, it was was Alex Bregman and Mike Trout who had 8.5s. Are you asking me what his war is? No, I'm just asking you his rank. Oh, okay. Uh, Fourth. Incorrect. The answer may surprise you. It is first. He's better than Otani. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., according to wins above replacement, has been the best player in Major League Baseball this season. He's above Otani and Trout. Yep. Well, Trout's been injured. Oh, right, right. Oh, it's a cumulative. It's not per game? No, it's cum- cumulative. Okay. Okay. Still, that's still that holy crap. <laughs> and he's a Toronto Blue Jay. Sure Question is. number two, you're 0 for 1. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit his 16th home run of the season on May 25th against the Yankees. This is a true or false question. True True or false? (laughs) This home run, number 16, set a new career high for Vlad for home runs in a season. Huh. Hmm. It's so early in the season. May 25th. Yeah, that's so early in the season. I'm gonna say true because it just feels like it's it should be true. That is correct. 16 is a new career high, beating the 15 he hit in his rookie season. Nice, which is fucking unbelievable. And like, the season like just started, basically. Yeah, we're two we're months. Like eight, in. We're like, yeah, we're like eight weeks in. All right, you're one for two. Heading into question number three. So now this one, we're going a little bit into baseball history. All right. Name one thing that Vlad Jr. has done this year that his father, Vladimir Guerrero Sr., in his 16-year Hall of Fame career, never did. I need one statistical achievement that Vlad Jr. has done that he can hold over Vlad Sr.'s head. Um, I don't know 100% on this one, but I'm going to say three home runs in a game. Three home runs in a game is correct. It was the nice. one I had in mind. There might be another one. I don't know. But this is the one nice. that I had. That was on April 27th against the Nationals. He had a hatchet game. Vlad Sr. Nice. never did it. Cool. So we're two for three, heading into question four. Now we're going to expand a little bit, talk about some different Blue Jays on the team. So, so far this season, entering play today, Vlad has 40, 41 runs batted in on the season. Which three Blue Jays players has he driven in the most? So when mm. he's getting RBIs, which Blue Jays are the ones crossing the plate? I need three. Huh. Order doesn't matter. Just tell me the three top Can I guys. get any of them wrong? You get one strike. Okay. And it's so, just most total scores yeah. on his RBIs. Yep. So, yeah, you, you get one. You get you get one wrong. You get the question wrong. Okay. I got to start with, with Bichette. Okay. Bichette is one of them. Hernandez. Nope. Oh, piss. Now I have to get them both right. Do you have a guess for the third one? Guriel. Okay. No, you're not going to get it. So, in third place, 
Marcus Samian, who has scored four times. That was my next guess, actually. Legitimately my next guess. When Vlad Jr. has come to the plate. Um, he's right ahead of Gavin Biggio, who's at three. Number two is Bo Bichette. He's at number he, – he scored 11 times. A lot. And in first place, this might have been a little bit of a trick question. In first place is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Himself? Because Bro. He, he has hit 16 home runs, in which is an RBI and a run. Well, I could have I, – <laughs> Well, I didn't know that himself was included. That's... I mean, he's he's at sixteen dingers this year. That like that fits yeah, with math, the math, wording that of the question. Oh, good right. wording, good wording on that. Uh, uh, all right, two for four. You got a chance to salvage that that sixty percent mark. Here's question five. Entering play today, May the 29th. I need you to name seven statistics in which Vlad Jr. is in the top three in all of baseball. So leading Can I say war or in second or in third, you can say war because I'll he's in first war. place. I need six more. You got six more. Same thing. One strike system. Six stats in which he's in the top three. Top three. Just think of, think about the stats that you know. Okay, no, I, I just I, – yeah, I know. I was going to say home runs. Home runs. Sorry, let me – he is tied for first in the major leagues with 16. So that's two out of seven. You OPS? Need five more. Sorry? OPS? Is he top three in OPS? OPS? He, he is first in OPS, a 1.092. Need four more. So, right – Okay, if I get this question right, I officially pass the quiz. Yep. Hmm. Top three. I I guess RBI is the next that I know. He is third with 41 Ooh. RBIs. You need Ooh. three more. So I pass the quiz. Honestly, passing the quiz is, is huge. I like that. That's fun. I'm going Can to I say I, I'm gonna give you a hint. Yeah, I get a lifeline, right? <laughs> Okay, you said OPS. Yeah. If he's first in OPS, he probably is first in a couple of other things too. Probably. Think about what OPS stands for. On oh, what is OPS? On is that on plate? Is that what that means? It's something plus something else. Oh, right, 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 right. What does it mean though? Because I, I play oh, fantasy please. baseball, so I, I, see all this, I, I see all the stats. I just don't know what they mean at the time. It's a lot of stats in baseball. That's part of the reason I love baseball. There's so many. Yeah, numbers. it's interesting. I want to understand it better every day. So OPS is something plus something. What's the O and the S stand for? On base? Is O for on base? Is that one of your answers? Now, do I want to say on base percentage or total on bases? O- OPS is a percentage. I'll say on base percentage. OBP. Okay. Vlad Jr., currently second in on base percentage with 440. Nice, nice. So you need two more. 
two more. I don't think he's stolen a base yet. <laughs> hits? Just straight up hits. He must be. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is not even in the top 30 in hits. Oh my god. Okay. I'm, well, I'm, I'm that that's why I was pausing. To I'm scroll to find him. I'm scrolling. I'm looking. Still can't see him. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is 106th in the major leagues in hits. Holy smokes. <laughs> Holy Moses. All right. So the stats that I found, at least. It's just his. It's just when he hits, it's good. The stats that I've found that there might be more. So he's first in home runs, third in runs, third in RBIs. Second in intentional walks, second in on-base percentage, second in slugging percentage, which is the other part oh, of OPS. Yeah. First in OPS, third in isolated power, first in weighted on-base average, and first in weighted runs created plus. Nice. You did. You did okay. I passed the quiz. That that last one was tough. That's a yeah. that's a nerd question. Yeah. <laughs> So you know what you did good. I'm proud of you. Uh, and and that's that that does it for the podcast, right? That's. So, I do believe so. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your chin up. I. You know what I I want to ask you this. Do you think we're bad luck? Me and you, like this podcast. I don't think so. Because. Think about the playoff results that our teams have had since we've started the podcast. The Oilers are 0 and 2. Combined, they're like 1 and 7. 1 and 7 in playoff games. The Blue Jays have been in the playoffs for like all of 48 hours. I think the fact that they've been in the playoffs is enough because the Oilers weren't in the playoffs. For 10 out of 11 years before the podcast, the Jays weren't in the playoffs before this podcast, and they weren't expected to make it until we started the podcast. Um, also, holy crap, we're through an entire season of every sport now since the podcast lifetime. Yep. Holy crap. I guess and the Raptors also bombed since we started this, but yeah. The Raptors, I mean, okay. The we're Raptors, making the playoffs, though. We do be on, making the playoffs. On the one hand, the Raptors did win a playoff series. On the other hand, they've also missed the playoffs entirely. Yeah. So I don't know. I've just been thinking maybe we're maybe we're not good luck. Maybe we're maybe we're the problem. I don't with, know about that. Three different professional sports franchises. It's funny. Too fucking. We have that much power doing doing a podcast. Yeah. I feel like if we had that much power, we should be compensated more. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the Stingers won, right? The Stingers did win a ship. You're right. 
The Eskimos don't hey. name. Ahem. I mean, the double E's. That was a genuine error. I, I didn't even. I actually. That was a genuine error. The double E's, baby. Don't have a name. Double E's, baby. Like, name your goddamn team. What are we doing? Lock it's it literally in. been almost a year. <laughs> okay, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll we'll see you guys next week. Gaetan Haas. Gaetan Haas, who may have played his last game as an Edmonton Oiler, is always an elite right-handed center. <laughs> an elite right-handed center. Vlad Jr. is the best hitter in Major League Baseball. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Maybe. Unless we're sad again. I don't know why we'd be sad again. I'm not going to be sad about left, eh? Don't tempt fate. <laughs> okay. Bye, guys. <laughs>